Welcome to the Pod Control Podcast, brought to you by Red Hat. Pod Control is your source for containers, Kubernetes, OpenShift, and all things cloud native. Hello, Kubernetes community. Welcome back to another episode of the PodCTL Podcast. You know, if you've been listening to the last couple of shows uh, this year, you might be asking yourself if if this should be the operators podcast, because we've been talking quite a bit about operators, um, both with Derek and Clayton last week about what's going on with OpenShift 4. And, and I know a lot of you've been following it because there's been announcements in the news, you know, just every vendor that's out there is is starting to build operators. And a lot of what comes up in those discussions is people say, well, okay, that's fine. You know, I know about these new operators, they're all built in Go, but what do we do if, you know, I'm not a Go developer or, you know, our application isn't written in Go, are there going to be other alternatives to get there? And today I think we're going to get into something that should be very, very interesting to people, especially if uh, you have expertise in Ansible, if you have a large investment around Ansible playbooks and around automation, because we're going to talk today about uh, something that's also very new, uh, which is the Ansible operator. So very excited to have both Sean and Fabian from the Ansible team joining us. Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hi. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, hi, I'm Sean Hurley. I work for Red Hat on the Operator SDK as well as the Ansible operator. Yeah, and uh, I'm Fabian von Pilich. I'm also uh, on the OpenShift team with Sean, working on the Ansible operator stuff. Um, my focus is more on like the Ansible side of things. Sean is like way on the Go community side. Um, so yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, listen. Let's let's start with with some real basics. Um, so you know, we mentioned. Uh, the, the operator framework, which, you know, open source last year, um, you know, has a couple of ways for people to either build operators or, or get things into operators. Uh, we talked about, you know, Go being maybe sort of the, the, the first one that was kind of focused on. Um, but give us some basics about, um, you know, the, the Ansible operator and then sort of, you know, begin to help us understand how the Ansible operator, you know, works with the, the core things that are in the operator framework around the SDK, around lifecycle management and around metering. Yeah, so the Ansible operator uh, basically enables uh, a user who would like to um, get started with operators, but uh, find that maybe starting on Go is maybe a little bit um, more than they're willing to take on at the moment. Um, but they really know Ansible, right? Like the, they really know how to write uh, Ansible to manage their infrastructure or their, um, you know, their Kubernetes clusters. Um, and so they really want to use this powerful tool, Ansible, to write an operator. And so what we really focus on is making sure that those users um, are able to uh, to be successful and um, to get started with operators uh, easily. Yeah, and a, a big advantage of, of this approach is that um, with the Ansible operator, we handle a lot of the sort of nitty-gritty, super like low-level Kubernetes specifics, um, you know, with like watching your cluster for... Uh, certain events to come in, things like that. We we handle all that in sort of the back end of the Ansible operator. So as a user, you can just kind of write your Ansible playbooks, um, not even super specific to an operator use case, just like writing a, a playbook that would like deploy or manage an application. And then uh, you just map basically certain uh, events that, that we expose through the Ansible operator uh, to that playbook or role. Um, so you're able to get like a lot of the hard stuff uh, done kind of out of sight before your playbooks are ever called. Okay. 
Okay. So, you know, I, I know we've seen examples of, uh, you know, let's just take something like a couch-based database uh, and, you know, that operator that's out there, you know, it helps you deploy it uh, in a highly available environment. It allows you to deal with failure scenarios. Um, you know, if, if you have an, an existing Ansible playbook, let's say it's it's there to deploy, you know, web front ends or, you know, caching or, or just any sort of common application you might deploy. What are What are maybe the basic steps that you would go from so you have a playbook today that didn't necessarily know about the concept of a of an operator to maybe what you have to evolve or what you have to change or don't have to change to sort of start getting it into uh, an Ansible operator. Um, yeah, I mean, so like the the real goal of Ansible operators is to allow people to just kind of take the full power of Ansible and and use it in inside of Kubernetes in a very sort of Kubernetes native feeling way. Um, so the sort of ideal is that you shouldn't have to do much for your playbook to work within an operator. Um, there are certain things that you want to do for it to work well. Um, like you want your, your, you know, playbook to be idempotent, but that's kind of like a normal thing you would like sure. to explain anyway, just so that, you know, if, if an event is triggered, if it changes something, it could trigger another event. So, you know, if you're, if you're changing too much stuff, every run, you might just, you know, keep going. Yep. Um, but uh, for the most part, you, you shouldn't have to really do a ton to the actual like core logic of your playbook to make it work within an operator. Like when I write my own operators for my personal use, I will generally start just developing an Ansible role that works on Kubernetes. Um, and then once I'm happy with the behavior, then I'll sort of take it and put it into the context of an operator, maybe add on a couple specific things like reporting the status so that it's exposed so that you can see it when you're just looking at your Kubernetes resource. Um, you know, little things like that, but the, the sort of hard part should be fairly portable. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, another thing to realize here is like uh, when you're, when you're writing these playbooks for uh, an operator, right, you're managing Kubernetes resources, which, which is slightly different than uh, a lot of, you know, Ansible out there today where you're managing a host, or something along those lines. And so if you have one of those playbooks, like you could use the, um, the cube cuddle uh, or the, um, the cube exec uh, plugin to actually uh, exec into the pod and manage the pod as if it was a, a host. Um, this requires you to have like a pod that's running with like um, a higher level of security concern. But if that's what you have now and you, you want to get started right away, you could do something like that and then slowly evolve over time to, say, using, you know, pods uh, a different way, maybe using the Kubernetes modules um, inside Ansible to, to do this stuff. Um, but there is like a, a, a nice evolution path that you could go on to to get there instead of having to throw away everything and start again. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So this is, so I, I think that may have been a misperception I had in my head is that this is, you know, kind of targeted for if you were running say your own uh, kubernetes today so so you're using the playbooks in the context of kubernetes this isn't like you said this isn't just uh i had a playbook that was helping me manage a cisco switch or some windows nodes or something else. like it, it has to start the the playbook originally was sort of in the kubernetes context and now we're taking it forward with operators is that a better way to think about it 
But there's definitely the use cases for doing stuff off cluster with Ansible, uh, right. and those are totally supported. So, um, like if you wanted your operator manage your Cisco infrastructure, then you could just port those over. And we have the ability to do things like uh, dynamic inventories inside the Ansible operator to allow you to like um, to to manage this infrastructure right dynamically using an inventory plugin, like you normally would with Ansible. Um, and so, if you were looking at making something of an operator that managed just off cluster things, um, then that would totally be the way to go. Okay. Um, it's when you it's when you say like, I wanna just take this Nginx role, say, and just drop it into an operator and now I get Nginx pods in my cluster. Well, you need to create the pod, right? So those are kind of the, the situation that we were just talking that, that you're gonna have to uh, add the Kubernetes specific stuff to roles. But if you are just managing off cluster stuff, then that would totally work. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, if you're just trying to do things out, you know, somewhere else in the world based on events within your cluster, then that's totally something you can do. Yeah. Okay. That so that makes sense. It, it, it's it's important to sort of think about on cluster Kubernetes resources, off cluster resources, which you may want to manage. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I know that that's come up, and and I haven't, I just haven't seen a whole lot of detail yet. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, Ansible has a a technology and a concept called Tower, which helps sort of better manage lifecycle around playbooks. Um, how how might somebody think, you know, if they had an investment in, you know, playbooks and the skill set, but also in Tower, how do we think about the interaction maybe of what Tower does versus what an operator does? Or, you know, will there be interaction? Or like, what are some of the scenarios you guys have been thinking about uh, in that kind of inter- intersection? Yeah, well, we don't want to, like, make any huge promises here or anything like that because we've mostly just been in, in discussions thus far. Um, so currently, there's no real uh, integration between Ansible Operator and Tower outside of the fact that there are uh, Ansible Tower modules that Ansible provides. So you could interact with Tower from inside your operator if you wrote the logic to do that. Um, and uh, in terms of like implementation detail, we also use the Ansible Runner project to actually run the Ansible code you provide, um, which is the same sort of... That's the same basic way that Tower runs it. So we have further integrations uh that we're sort of talking about but uh currently they're they're separate okay yeah so and again it wasn't looking for yeah. you guys to lay out a roadmap it was just mostly kind of trying to understand you know are there are there things going on there and, and it sounds like no, nobody's asking people to get rid of their their tower investment and uh, no. there may be some things coming down the road yeah uh we still think that tower is a wonderful tool to to use in conjunction with this and we're really flushing those kind of things out um you could definitely imagine a scenario where you know tower is really really good at showing you you know playbook runs and how ansible behaved and and that kind of stuff and that's obviously something that we would want to tie into there's there's stuff like that which like we're we're definitely going to um you know both things are very important to a lot of users and using both of them is, is a good, is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when we're talking about managing off cluster hosts where you might want to use some of the, uh, you know, more complicated tower features that prevent you from executing against hosts at specific times or like, you know, certain things like that, um, which, uh, would be difficult to implement outside of tower, but the tower does very nicely. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Now, um, you know, obviously, you guys mentioned both of you uh, work for Red Hat, but I, I know one of the goals that we've always had around the the operator project is that um, you know all the work is is primarily done to be 
um, you know, community central, uh, Kubernetes uh, centric, not necessarily OpenShift centric. Um, I mean, that's th- that's the focus of where you guys are going in terms of make sure this runs uh, operators well on on any Kubernetes uh, environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would definitely runs. Um, most of my testing is done in in a pure cube environment. Uh, so, yeah, I would definitely say that that is like the the first place we test, and then we also test on OpenShift. Um, sure. But we, uh, yeah, we definitely make sure that Kubernetes is a is a first class citizen. I mean, I think that it's important to note here that uh, the Ansible operator is just based off of controller runtime, right? Which is the upstream project for developing um, operators and and controllers. And so um, basically, we just use the behavior and the functionality that they get, and we kind of um, we basically just use that to to enable the Ansible users. So um, as long as upstream Kubernetes stuff will run, Kubernetes will, will be okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's something I always just try and point out to people. I know sometimes um, they'll say, well, you know, Red Hat people are talking about this, so this must only be, you know, around OpenShift. And, and you know, I, I always try to reinforce to people that, you know, if, if things didn't work well with Kubernetes, we, we would have much more problems with the technology in terms of, you know, others in the community wanting to work with it, uh, being able to support it and so forth. So, yeah, I, I'm glad you guys reinforced um, that, that it's sort of, Kubernetes first and then OpenShift as a, uh, you know, a downstream of Kubernetes. Yeah, I mean, I mean we just basically treat that OpenShift is Kubernetes. When you're, the difference between deploying your operator onto OpenShift versus Kubernetes might be that there are additional resources available, you know, like routes, et cetera. Um, but there is, no, there is no assumption that we make at all. Yeah. It's, it's all, all Kubernetes. Yeah. Um, obviously, be a good... Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, and and what's interesting is um with the Kubernetes modules um I don't know how many people are are have used the Kubernetes modules in the past um but in Ansible two dot seven uh they we you now can interact with things like CRDs or uh or interact with the OpenShift um, APIs um more easily like the new modules are really really powerful um. And Fabian worked a lot on those. And so uh, if you have used the Ansible modules in the past and uh, they didn't fit your use cases or your needs, um, I would uh, suggest that you take another look at the ones in 2.7. They're, they're really powerful, and they do give you a lot of the expressiveness that you need to interact with Kubernetes resources. Yeah. And and what versions of Kubernetes sort of as a starting point, um, you know, would, would somebody need if they wanted to start to, to play with this? Is this starting in like 110 and 111 or does it go back even further than that, earlier than that? Uh, so we end up using um, uh, a, a part of the CRD called the status sub resource, uh, which was only available, I believe, in 110. So um, that's how far back we go. This allows us to easily report the status to to users on your on your resources, uh, if you wanted to go back further, you might be able to use some uh, use a flag to turn off the status uh, reporting of the oper- and the Ansible operator. But I have not tested that, so use at your own risk. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and one ten is relatively recent, so that should be good for for most people. Um, so, you know, obviously you guys are working on this and, and a lot of work gets done uh, in the community. People want to test things out. You know, are there are there any good resources today in terms of things that are public um, that people could just go kind of kind of grab and go play around with today? Uh, you know, are there, are there places that we're trying to make, you know, tutorials and demos and stuff or uh, any good pointers for you know how to go get get smarter about this? Yeah. So there's actually a really, really uh, cool resource. Um is it uh, learn.openshift.com, Sean? 
Yeah, yeah. So learn.openshift.com has a series of interactive tutorials where uh, they basically give you uh, running access to a running OpenShift cluster and then have a series of guided exercises. And I, I believe we have a set of modules for Ansible operators specifically that will guide you through sort of creating like your first example operator um, there. So that is a really cool place to get started. That's really easy because you don't even have to have install anything locally. It's all it's just like an in-browser console that they give you access to right yeah no i'm looking at i'm looking at that right now it's uh yeah it's um it's beginner level like you said you don't have to install anything it's totally free everything's in your browser um definitely definitely a good and it looks like it basically walks you through you know what what is the operator how do you how do you deal with uh custom resource maps and events all that sort of stuff so very cool yeah so i would definitely say get started there and then the other place would be if you wanted to go to the operator framework uh, operator SDK repo on GitHub. Uh, that is where you'll find the uh, a docs directory and inside that an Ansible directory. Um, and that's where you can find quick starts and other guides and a lot of our documentation about uh, some of the more advanced features that we're enabling users to use. Um, so that would be a good place to go if you were looking for that kind of stuff as well. Okay, very cool. We'll get we'll get both of those in the show notes, um, guys. I, I'm going to ask sort of like one one last question to sort of wrap it up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, you guys are, are are experts in this stuff. For for people that are are kind of new to this, not necessarily new to Ansible, but new to the to the Ansible operator, um, any kind of starting points, you know, or just things that uh, you always remind people uh, so they don't uh, maybe make some of the most common mistakes or, or things to just kind of look out for as you're as you're starting to learn about this. Yeah, I think uh, I think that one of the one of the things that I um, kind of stress is that uh, Kubernetes is a is a, a eventually consistent model, and so uh, your the thing that you rely on maybe the things that you're creating in the cluster may you might have created them but they might not be ready for you to use so you might have to like wait some time or you might have to let your reconcile loop uh, go again which basically means that you like let it requeue and you rerun your playbook from start to finish. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, you need to handle the scenarios where the cluster's in a state that you didn't expect it to be in, and you need to be able to make it look like the spec. And so, um, that that's something that I try to try to stress is that you know it, your Ansible could run two times, and that's okay. Like it, it's expected that your reconcile loop is not just going to run one time; it could run more than once. Very cool. Well, guys, listen, I, I really appreciate the, the time today. Um, it was good to kind of, you know, dig into the thought behind, uh, you know, why we're building this. Um, obviously, it makes a ton of sense because there's just a massive uh, community around Ansible and people that were, um, you know, not only using it for, for everyday type of automation, but also automating Kubernetes. And uh, it's great that we're making it easier for them to, um, to get into the operator world. So um, with that, guys, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Uh, for both uh, Sean and Fabian, thank you for the time. Uh, folks, as always, thank you for listening. We're going to wrap it up this week. Uh, thanks for telling a friend about the show. Thanks for rating it on iTunes. And with that, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Pod Control Podcast. You can find everything about the show at podcontrol.com, P-O-D-C-T-L, or at Podcontrol on Twitter. We'll talk to you again next week.